The title of the message today, as you see on the screen, is Unlocking the Secrets of the Heart. <clears throat> There's a guy that wrote uh, several books on, on the spiritual life. His name was Dallas Willard. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. But in his book, Renovation of the Heart, Dallas Willard made this statement. He said, we usually know very little about the things that move in our own soul, the deepest level of our life or what's driving it. Our within is astonishingly complex and subtle, even devious. It takes on a life of its own. Only God knows our depths, who we are, and what we would do. So the first question I'm going to ask you this morning is, who are you? Do you think you might know? You know, there are a whole lot of elaborate personality tests offered today to help you uh, know your taste and temperament. It's amazing, is it not, that you have, have to take a test, you have to take a test, so that someone who doesn't know you can tell you who you are, what you like, and what you might best be able to do with yourself. Somebody else has to tell you that because you don't know enough about yourself to be able to understand yourself. But that's just a practical example of a biblical truth that we find in Jeremiah chapter 17, and verse 9. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, Jeremiah wrote, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's a biblical principle, and I think all of us know it pretty well. We know, if you know yourself at all, you know that something is wrong with you. Sometimes you think, why do I do things like that? Why, why does my mind work that way? Why do I seem to have a bent toward evil? I sort of lean in that direction. Well, there's a reason for that. And in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, way back in the time of Noah, prior to the time of Noah, the Bible says that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. That was then. Oh my goodness, what must he think now? And he saw that every inclination of the human heart was only evil all the time. That's a striking statement, is it not? Only evil all the time. Now, we discover that there's something sinister about us, a side of us, a part of us that we have to keep hidden. Uh, and so how can you know who you really are? Well, there's a verse in Proverbs, it won't be on the screen, but uh, Proverbs 27, 19, the Bible says, as water reflects the face, so the heart of man reflects man. There's the answer for you to know how who you really how how to how to know who you really are know you know your heart and you know yourself and of course we're not talking about that organ inside your chest that pumps blood we're talking about the core of your personality we're talking about the center of your life who you are how how you think and how, and what you're becoming Dallas Willard said what we are in our heart matters more than anything else for who we become and the last part of that really is striking. And what becomes of us? Now, I want you to think about that because as you ponder that statement, his statement, 
who you are on the inside is going to determine what becomes of you. In other words, you might have me fooled, and you might have your mama fooled, and you might have your community fooled, but you can't fool God. And ultimately, what becomes of you is going to be determined by what's inside you. So, we're talking about unlocking the secrets of the heart, and let me tell you several things about that. Number one, unlocking the secrets of the heart begins with understanding how God looks at men. How does God look at, look at me, and how does He look at you? How is it that God determines who I am and my standing with Him? Well, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse, verse 7, the Bible says, For God does not see as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so, you know, in, in, in Jesus' day, the Pharisees had a fundamental problem. One of the, part of their problem was Jesus said, you know, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, they presented themselves one way to the Lord Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ instantly knew the condition of their heart. Do you think he also knows the condition of your heart and the condition of my heart? He knows how I present myself to you and how you present yourself to me, but he knows us intimately. He knows everything about us, and he knows that the human heart is only evil continually. The thoughts of the human heart are only evil continually. He knows there's something broken about us. Jesus said to the Pharisees, in Matthew chapter 23, he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish, so that the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That's what Jesus said about the Pharisees. You know, we, can, we look at the story in the New Testament and we say, man, those Pharisees were bad people. Well, they thought they were good people because on the outside they were doing everything right. They're like a bunch of us. On the outside, we do the right thing, but on the inside, we're incredibly broken and incredibly sinful. So Jesus was speaking the truth about these men. So God knows who you are. God knows who I am. Number two, unlocking the secrets of the heart requires facing the fact that a day is coming when God is going to judge you, not on how you appear before men, but on the basis of, of who you are as he sees you. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 said, The heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Verse 10 says this, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. That should come as no surprise to you. God's decisions are not made on the basis of who a man is in the eyes of the world, but of who he is from the perspective of heaven. You know this to be true. There, there are people in our community, maybe even you, maybe even me, you got awards on your wall, trophies to your accomplishments, 
your, your name is well known, and maybe you can bend the ear of people in high places, but a day is coming when God is going to judge by a different standard and before a higher court, and He'll judge me by that standard, and He will judge you by that standard. There's an interesting passage of Scripture. I know that um, most people don't like to read the Old Testament because it scares them a little, and it should. It should. By the way, that was the Bible that Jesus preached from. By the way, that was the Bible that Paul preached from. And when he preached, you might remember, Felix trembled when he talked about the judgment to come. There's a day when all of us are going to stand before God, and he's going to judge us. Isaiah 47, verses 10 and 11. You have trusted in your wickedness and said... God's pretty smart. Listen to this. You have trusted in your wickedness and said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and knowledge mislead you when you say to yourself, I am, and there's none besides me. Disaster will come upon you, and you will not know how to conjure it away. A calamity will fall upon you that you cannot ward off with a ransom. A catastrophe you cannot foresee will suddenly come upon you. This is from the Word of God. God says, you think everything's okay, but it's not okay. I'm keeping a record. And one day, your covered tracks, hidden from the eyes of your family, hidden from the eyes of men, hidden from the eyes of, of God, a day's coming when God is going to shake your dirty laundry out before the world. Now, we may never read about it in the local paper, but you can be sure that it's recorded in God's book and a day is coming when that record will be read in its entirety and the real you will be revealed. Doesn't it make you shudder when you think, what if people knew me like God knows me? What if on the screen today God put up the pastor's thoughts? Or what if on the screen today God put up your thoughts? I don't think we'd be very comfortable. Jesus said every idle word that men will speak will be given account of in the day of judgment and every idle thought. Next, only God can unlock the secrets of your heart in such a way that you come to know who you are and your true standing before Him. In other words, let me tell you something a funny. I guess it's a funny. It, I don't think it was a funny to the people it happened to. Uh, so uh, a pastor friend of mine when I was in college, he had been uh, uh, in Vietnam, and he was a little feisty, and so one day he stood up in his little church in South Mississippi, and he said, I want to show you, I want to give you a picture of the biggest sinners in the church, and he took a big mirror, Brother Doug, and he walked up to his deacons who were sitting on the front row, and he held it, he held it in front of the deacons, and all the congregation saw the deacons. Of course, he was trying to be funny too, but he was trying to make a point, you know, we need to see ourselves as God sees us. Because when we see ourselves as God sees us, we might see a different person. I, if I have sin in my life, let's just be honest. You won't know it. I'll hide it so well that you won't see it. My wife may not know it. My children may not know, but God will know. Listen to the first verse of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 1. This is a verse that's sort of mysterious, but it makes a point. The sin of Judah. God is talking to His people. Uh, Judah was his people. The sin of First Baptist Church, we could say. The sin of Judah is written down with an iron stylus, with a diamond point. It is engraved 
upon the tablet of their heart and on the horns of the altar. Now, I can understand that my sin is written on the tablet of my heart, and it's written, the Bible says, with a diamond point, and as you know, it cuts pretty deep, and it would be pretty clear. But then it says it's on the horns of my altar, of the altar. Now, my sin not only occupies a prominent place in my heart, when it says it's on the horns of the altar, it means it's on display before the throne of God. And let me tell you why this is so. In the Old Testament configuration of the tabernacle, there was an altar that stood in a symbolic way before the Lord. In the book of Leviticus, it's called the altar that is before the Lord. And, and instructions were given to the high priest on how to atone for the sin of the people. In Leviticus chapter 16, these aren't on the screen, but I'm going to read verse 18 through 19. He shall come out, the priest, he shall come out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on all the horns of the altar. That's the, the corners of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his fingers seven times to cleanse it and to consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites. Now that's just a picture there that their sin is not only it's not only on their heart, it is on the altar of the Lord. Now, let, let me say this. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that those things that are on the earth, that, that altar that was in the tabernacle was just a picture of the things that are in heaven. And so God is not saying that your sin is engraved on an altar on the earth somewhere. It's engraved on the altar that is before the Lord. It's prominently displayed in God's sight. God sees it every day. You think it's hidden? God says, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. And the only way that sin could be taken care of was with blood. Blood had to be applied for that sin to be covered, for that sin to be atoned for. And of course, we know how that happens for us. That happened when Jesus died on the cross for us. But let me remind you that just because Jesus died on the cross for you, that does not mean that your forgiveness is automatic. It's not automatic. You say, I know I'm a sinner, but Jesus died for me. Yes, He died for you. Yes, His blood will cover your sin. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, if I want Jesus Christ's blood to cover my sin, that is prominently displayed on the altar in heaven, that is before the face of God, God sees it every day. It's not a secret to God. It's not hidden from Him. Then I need to repent and return so that my sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. What does it mean to repent? Well, repentance is a change of mind. Have you ever gone to the, gotten up and got dressed in the morning and you looked at yourself in the mirror and you decided, I don't look good in that. That doesn't fit. I thought that this morning when I put on this coat that I bought when I weighed 100 and something pounds and now I weigh more. Uh, you know, and sometimes you go look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm not wearing that, and you change. Well, that's a crude illustration. But sometimes God holds up the mirror of His Word and He lets us see ourselves the way we are. 
And when we see ourselves as God sees us, we say, I don't want to look like that. I met a man out here yesterday. He came and he, he knocked on the window last night. I was up here at the church. It was after dark. And he knocked on the window. He said, I'd like to spend the night over at the bell tower. He was from Canada. He had flown to New Orleans and he was walking back to Canada. I know all the stories. I've seen all the stories. He was a Frenchman and so his story, he had a credit card. He didn't want any money. He had everything he needed. He just wanted a little place to be safe and spend the night. And I said, yes. And I asked him, I said, why are you doing this? He said, I hope he said, I'm doing a lot of introspection on this journey. And he said, I hope when I get home, I'm a different man. I thought about that. That man doesn't like who he is. And he hopes he'll be different one day. You ever feel like that? You ever look in the mirror and you say, I don't like the man I see. And you know that God's not pleased with the man you see. And you want to be different. Well, the way to be different, the way to allow God to deal with your heart that is desperately sick, is to say, God, I, I need a heart change. I don't look good the way I am. I don't look good to me, and I don't look good to you. Nobody else may know it. But you know it, and you know God knows it. And only God can do something about it. God is the only one who can change your heart. You repent, you turn to God. And times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. That word, times of refreshing, it, it, it refers to uh, not just refreshing, but the breath, the return of breath to a person who's smothering. You can't breathe can't breathe because of the guilt that you have. You're overburdened because you know things are not right between you and God. So today, this morning, if there's any inconsistency between who you appear to be to men and who God knows you to be, it needs to be dealt with promptly. You need to repent and return so that your sin may be wiped away. May God show us ourselves in the mirror of his word so that we will see our need to change and allow him to change us. Let me pray with you. Lord, we know our own hearts, and we all know, Lord, that there are areas of our life that need to be addressed by your Holy Spirit, and we stand convicted before you today. And God, we have tried on occasion to change ourselves, and we have failed. And Lord, we need you to change us from the people that we have been to the people that you want us to be. I pray, Lord, for that person here today who, who senses the conviction of your Holy Spirit and needs to repent of their sin. Lord, I pray that they would do it either where they are or, Lord, publicly before this congregation and renew their commitment to be the person that you want them to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing?